Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. And uh, Lisa Lang, we should activate her camera for uh, telling me what a nice job I always do. So, but again, anybody wants to activate their camera, at the very least, interactivity in the chat. So I got something to react to this week. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So um, the week there was in the mortgage industry, uh, a lot of reports that came out this week, really fueling off last Friday's tough talk from Fed Chair Jerome Powell, uh, sent the markets into a tizzy. Uh, The stock market really got crushed. Uh, Powell setting the stage really for, um, you know, what he described as a very tough and long fight against inflation that's going to have impact on the broader economy. Not surprisingly, stockholders and stocks traded off accordingly. As it relates to our industry, the mortgage bond market um, also kind of reacted negatively as well. And, you know, the reason for that is we've said it before in this show, ad nauseum, everything with our industry and with interest rates right now is fueling off of inflation. And when you got the Fed chair that comes out and uh, has some very tough comments about uh, their commitment to utilize all the tools at their disposal. Not good news for mortgage bond investors or holders, right, Dan Holtz of uh, Sovereign Lending Group? Oh, Dan, you're on mute. You're on mute. Uh, no, definitely not good news for them. So, you know, this market's crazy. It doesn't know what it wants, right? As we can see with the fluctuation of everything that's happening right now with the with the, with the price. Hopefully the market finds out where it wants to be soon so we can get back to some type of stability, which is what we want in the mortgage market. Stability? In the mortgage market? You probably get it. Well, we're so used to never knowing what's coming down the market. It is nice to know at least what pricing would be like. I say it all the time, leaders in our industry, really, uh, it's tough to be a leader in our industry because of the constant amount of change, the variables out of the control of leaders like yourself, Dan, if it's the government, government policy, interest rate policy, uh, you know, what's going on with housing inventory and some of the broader things on, on housing stock in America, difficult, right, to be, to run a company with, with so many variables. It can be great like it was the last couple of years, but it's a roller coaster to be sure. Uh, Rich, I, jo- I joke with my friends. I'm like, if you step out of the mortgage industry for literally for like three months and you come back, it's like a new world. Everything's changed. Everything's different. The product offering, the market, the rates. It's like, what happened? So that's why you always got to stay into it. You, you hop out. It's like a whirlwind trying to get back into it too. So, But it makes you quick on your feet. You got to continue to be adjusting, seeing what the, you know, what the customer wants, what's new for them, what different products you can offer them to, to provide a value and a benefit for them. Um, and, and so it makes it exciting. It's not the, it's not for everybody to be quite to say the least. It's it's always changing, moving. If you like that, that's that's what we're all about. Amen. And uh, let me take this opportunity to introduce our co-host this week, the co-founder, vice president of Sovereign Lending Group out of Costa Mesa, California, Dan Holtz. Dan, thanks for joining me in the co-pilot seat this week. Hey, Rich, real, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it. I love listening to you guys. So it's actually fun now to be on it with you and, and be able to talk talk mortgage. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If you could, tell us just a little bit about Sovereign, a little level set for the audience, uh, a little bit about the company and uh, size, scope, and all that good stuff. 
Yeah, corporate corporate headquarters located in Costa uh, Mesa, California. We were founded with me and my business partner, who actually was a college roommate back in 2005. Opened the doors in 2006. Uh, started as a broker shop, moved up to become an independent mortgage maker sometime right around 2012, um, and just been enjoying the mortgage market ever since. We have been ranked for 10 years straight by Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest privately held uh, companies too. And that's a, an accolade that we, we hold here to do ourselves. And we're very excited about that. And that's really all about the, the team members here has allowed us to be able to be recognized 10 years in a row by that and all the hardworking Americans that we help out too. So Sovereign Lending Group since it's, you know, since 2005, all the way up to about this time last year was a focus on consumer direct mortgage activities. We're licensed in 45 different states. And we have every single product that's out there to deliver to our clients. Uh, but about 12 months ago, we did both on retail. So we have retail teams now. We have offices in Northern California. We have offices in Hawaii, Nevada, uh, Arizona, Texas. And we're looking really to expand that more than traditional route to, along with keeping our focus on, on consumer direct, which is very true and due to me, me and my, my partner's heart. But again, retail is fantastic. We're really enjoying it. Uh, with all this change that's happening in the market with these rates and, and big companies going out of business and this inflation, it's really created an opportunity if you have a great setup, a great platform, a great value proposition to do some serious talent upgrades to really acquire some seasoned, great retail bankers and consumer direct bankers add to your team. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. We're really focusing on, on really, really getting the, the best of the best out there and giving them the tools so they can serve their clients and give them give them what they need to help us, as many hardworking Americans as possible. And that's really what we're, we're built about. And that's what we do every single day. Good stuff, Dan. Thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, let's go ahead and continue to navigate through uh, all the latest news of the last week. And there was two reports that came out recently. One this morning, I didn't even have a chance to share it with you. It was uh, essentially Goldman Sachs, one of their lead financial analysts that, that put out a piece. Something about housing still has further to fall. Um, at the same time, uh, there was a pretty vast survey done by uh, Consumer Affairs recently uh, that indicated that 84% are of Gen Zers are eagerly waiting for home prices to uh, come down a little bit, uh, indicating uh, a very robust kind of shadow inventory of buyers out there on the market. Uh, Dan, would love to just kind of start the, the meat of the show by getting your general perspective on where we are right now with housing. Uh, it's certainly an interesting, an inter interesting time for housing in America. Yeah, no, it, it, that's a great point. And those are those obviously are very respectable institutions coming out with their findings of what they, they think may be happening. And, and and really, realistically, no one knows what's going to happen. But yes, higher interest rates make higher payments, which brings down affordability. But what I can tell you, too, is that there's not enough inventory, right? There still needs to be more homes built. There still needs to be uh, more places for uh, these Gen Zers to start their families and things like that, too. So until inventory catches up, I don't see major housing correction in terms of price uh, or value for that matter. What I do see is more of a normalization of the market where we see their traditional appreciation to 4%, 4% not what we've been seeing for the past 24 months too. So maybe pockets of, of, of falling real estate, but overall, again, there's not enough homes built for to see something to happen in 2008. 
Uh, and that, that's, that's my opinion. There's obviously no, there's no easy fix or answer to the whole housing inventory issue in America, but like you gotta start somewhere. Any thought? I mean, how do you how do you eat that elephant? I mean, it is you know. I I think that we just have a we have a vast uh, shortage of affordable starter homes in America. And somewhere, it's going to start to have even more broad, real impact on on the broader economy. No, I uh, no, I agree. And and really, what it is, and for for any business out there, if, if you're a business owner. Uh, for, for me as a business owner, for the home builders, we like stability. We like to be able to project and understand what's going to happen 12, 24 months out, right? So that does make it challenging when, you know, we have the government, you know, moving interest rates so quickly up and down. That, that creates confusion. We don't know what's going to happen. So it's very hard to plan out. Obviously, government regulations and other factors that rolls into that too. So if we can work on those two facets and give a kind of a better understanding of what may happen in the future and more, more constant, then I think we could plan better. We could have make, make sure that housing inventory comes to the market. But again, that's that's a long stretch, obviously, in the federal government to, to, to understand that and to kind of do what they need to do on that part too. But until that happens, you just got to be very quick on your feet. And that's what this home builder are trying to do and trying to understand what's going to happen in the next 12 to 24 months. Are rates going to go even higher than they are now? Is that going to destroy basically all the homes they've been working on for the past 12 months? But again, if we can, again, have a, some type of stability would be, would be the key on in anything. And obviously reducing the government um, in regulation in terms of the permit process, the cost per, per, per process of bringing these new homes to the market. That piece of it alone, I mean, when, when you... You know, we don't like to get political on this show, but as it relates to the two major political parties in America, their views on housing could not be more different. <laughs> and for the Mortgage Collaborative is an organization of mortgage lenders nationally, or somebody like you that is an owner of a company, it's it's a lot to deal with. I mean, you know, it's like right now we've had the Biden administration in for a couple of years and they're implementing and deploying a lot of the, you know, the 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 people and the tactics to achieve what they're looking to achieve out of housing. Um, but you know, if they get smacked in the midterm elections in November, it's going to make it almost impossible to get anything done. And, and then, you know, if the other side were to win the election in a couple of years, it's like we go back to the, the CFPB yeah. with just, you know, the, the shadow employees. And uh, so it's 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 wild. I, I can't think of many other industries where, um, you know, who's in office just leads to just really violent day-to-day business operation changes for business owners. I, I, I agree. And then that, and same thing with us, like, again, stability is what we like now, knowing what's going to happen. It makes your plan, your strategic objectives, your five to three year, three to five year goal up easier to navigate. But again, knowing what, what, what car is going to be in office, you know, that is definitely something that you have to, as a business owner, take into consideration on how you make your decisions on what your growth pattern is going to be, because they are different and they have different effects from the taxation to the regulation aspect of things and everything that comes with that too. So it's, again, another one where you got to be on your toes. It's one of those factors, like we said at the beginning of the conversation, you got to watch out for and you got to navigate through it too. But same thing with the home builders. They have to understand that part too and navigate through that too uh, to, to get to where they want to be. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Swarvinsky with the Mortgage Collaborative. This week, joined by the co founder, vice president, sovereign lending group, Dan Holtz. Dan, the uh, Consumer Direct 
side of the business and your business. How's that just been in general? I mean, you know, what we've been hearing from other members, it's tough. Obviously, a lot of people going after a lesser amount of loans. You guys diversified your business by opening some retail offices. I've had some other members do the same, but that side of the business, you know, different challenges from traditional retail, but I got to imagine it's it's been, been, been tough this year as well, no? Yeah, 100%. And, and consumer direct is, you know, very usually heavy on the refinance and that is obviously seeing it take down even more than the purchase level too. And really for us, what it is, it's all about is getting back to the basics, right? You know, being able to offer that value proposition to our clients, whether it's a cash out loan and whether it's a line of credit, uh, not a lot of rate reduction here, but there's a lot of equity and there's a lot of inflation having credit card usage is almost at an all time high. So there's definitely a need for cash. Now is, are you having the right client that needs to have that? Are you able to present that to it? And do you have the right banker on the other line? It's not, it's not 2020, 2021 where we're just order taking. You need to be able to go in there, educate your client, be able to show them, you know, the outcomes, how to get to a better place. And really, it's a lot of season vets have seen these markets before that are doing well. A lot of the guys have never seen, you know, a, a rate in the five percent zone, let alone six percent zone. They're going through some real quick learning curves, or they're. I've seen a lot of people get out of business too. And, and quite frankly, that needs to kind of happen right now. There's just there's too much capacity in the marketplace right now. There's too much mortgage machines, too many originators to support what the need is right now. And again, we see this. This is another cycle. We saw this after Brexit in 2016 and 2017 was okay. 2018, the most more things was not fun. Again, we're experiencing that now. We're probably going to experience a little worse in 2018 due to the fact that rates were so low for such a low period of time. Um, and it's going to hurt a little bit longer than it did in 18. And it just, it's it's the natural thing that needs to happen. Darwinism, whatever you want to call it, where the survival of the fittest world wins. Uh, but that's that's happening right now. We even see it with our sales tour, our bankers. Guys can't make it, moving out of the industry, trying other things. And the guys that are doing well and know how to navigate the market, you know, their production is definitely lower, but they're still they're still helping a lot of clients out and a lot of people with uh, with home ownership. Excellent historical historical perspective from a guy that's been through a couple of these cycles and you know, it's funny talking to different leaders that have been in the industry for varying amounts of times. They're varying perspectives on what we're going through now. But I think you just laid it out very well right there. And we remember, yeah, 2018, I remember it was a very, very tough year. I remember our winter 2018 conference being just memorably depressing. Not depressing. Our conferences are always uplifting, but it was a very tough time for the industry. And a lot of very tough talk about cost cutting and maybe some lenders that wish that had done it a little bit a little bit earlier to your point, um, you know, we've got too much excess in the marketplace right now. And it's been exasperated by a couple of things. One of them you touched on was rates were so low for so long. The drop off in business is more so than your typical refi boom to off cycle. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, secondly, as well, we've got also the um, fact that um, so many people uh, you get the people that 
They've already refinanced. And yet there was so much profit margin in the business for two years too. So the war chest of that lender that is thinking, do I, you know, I'm losing money. How many months am I going to lose money in a row? Am I going to sell? Am I going to give up? Like the war chests were beefed up. And and, and that's part of the reason we got some additional access still right now, right? Uh, And I agree with you. And a perfect example is the top three wholesalers, right? They're in a massive battle right now. They're doing loans basically that make no money for them, right? I guess they're praying maybe the MSR down the line will pay off on those soon. But again, the top three wholesalers right now are just battling it out in terms of price. And we've seen this beforehand. They do this every cycle. This is like nothing new. Like this is not every time volumes drop, they need to feed the machine. So they drop their profit margin. You can only do that for so long where you're doing money, doing loans for no money, where someone says, all right, fine. And it kind of returns to normal market. Uh, so that's that's definitely happening out there. Again, the sporadic of the bond market too, right? It's very difficult to talk to a client last Thursday about possibly buying a home, thinking of a refinance. They call back today, and now the bonds move like, or the, the, the bond market has moved so much where now it's affecting that that ability for them to qualify for that payment or take that cash out too. So there's definitely a lot of headwinds. Uh, there's definitely a lot of companies that you know have big war chests that are be reading through that. It's going to take time. That's what always happens, but I can tell you that the, the individuals that do weather the storm, the companies that do weather the storm uh, will come out when it turns. It always turns. It will get better. Um, and the, the guys that are still in, the girls that are still in, the companies are still in, they're going to they're gonna take it at that particular point. And that's what we, we plan to do, too. So we're we're running smart business. We're doing uh, you know talent upgrades. We're bringing additional team players to our team to fit our 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 core values that want to work hard and serve the client. Um, because again, you can do that now. You weren't able to do that in 2020, 2021, but now as an opportunity if you're sitting right. And when that does change, the market does change, you should be able to capitalize on it. When does it change? I don't know. That's that's the million dollar question that I think we all ask ourselves every single day. So it's been some not so rosy, optimistic uh, episodes in the last week in mortgage today. So it's it's great and refreshing to hear from a leader that's been through a lot of business cycles, that expanding and growing your business, and really looking at this as an opportunity. So, yeah, kudos to you guys. You touched on the wholesale price, whereas I wanted to touch on that with you as well. Just been entertaining theater this year, uh, watching the three big wholesale lenders up in. Michigan just kind of go after you got some broker offices. I mean, it's that climate right now is just kind of crazy because again, you got companies that made a ton of money. A lot of them went public and you know, they're, they're like you said, they're betting on the MSR thing. I mean, United wholesale stayed profitable these last couple of quarters because of MSR uh, marks, but that's a little bit of a dangerous game. I was, that used to be my world. You know, you have that scenario where rates like live in the force and uh, you still get some payoff, but you don't get the refi boom and you don't get the new purchase boom and the MSR piece can get crushed too. I, I agree too. And, 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 to, and, and to add another component to the, how crazy this market is and how difficult it is to operate, you know, a lot of the other lenders too, like they know, you know they're scared to, you know, pay heavy rebates to do free loans right now. Right. So, most of the loans that we're doing have you have to pay two point cost to get those loans because, again, as a lender, and I totally understand, like, I'm not going to buy servicing rights for it to run off the book in 12 months, right? And I know a lot of economic forecasters are thinking rates will go down here in the next, you know, six, 12 months. Who knows if that happens or not? But again, if you do all these loans this year at six, six and four, and I'll run off your books next year, 
They don't want that. And that's what a lot of them think is going to happen. So they're offering not a lot of rebate to do these loans. So you got to, the consumer has to pay for it up front, which obviously takes less value, makes it less valuable for applying possible refinance to more headwinds, obviously. There's no silver bullet, you know, especially with the GSEs really through kind of charter paying most lenders roughly the same price for assets that they're buying. Um, you know, same with with pools that end up at Ginny. Um, you know, there is a there's a level playing field for small and big lenders from a price perspective. Obviously, some advantages of scale um, as you continue to get bigger and grow that can increase your efficiency and uh and, and push down the cost to originate. But, uh, you know, when you see companies, because we've heard so much of that from our members this year, like this is irrational or this company's offering this, it makes no sense, or they're doing this or they're doing that. Um, companies can do that until they can't do that. No, there's no company that can do all those things and have no ramifications to it. And like anything, it's a gamble. It's a business development gamble, right? We're going to discount our pricing or we're going to pay all those out the nose bonuses in the hopes that, you know, we get it back in the long game. What's your history been just with that and aggress, you know, that type of stuff? Well, again, and it's a lot of it, like you said, is a gamble, right? And no, because no one knows what's going to happen in the marketplace. And we've gambled a few times, meaning that we thought like, Hey, we think rates will continue its downward, downward slope, and it didn't happen. So again, for us, hiring a bunch of employees, bringing more team members on, and for the bond to go the other direction, up 80 bits, whatever the case might be. And now that need for refinancing is less, and you have too much capacity here at the company, right? So you right-size it, you try to do it quickly, because if you don't, you can bleed through a lot of cash, and you don't pray and hope, well, hey, the market's going to get better, whatever the case might be. But Again, if it goes the other way and you did all these things, well, then you're you're ahead of everybody else and you're able to capitalize on that too. So whether it's uh, you know hiring, having your team members, um, doing but maybe buying these MSRs like what what you know some of these guys are doing too, it's just super hard to forecast what's going to happen. But if you hit it right, you look like a genius, right? But if you don't, you know you're kicking yourself in the butt because. Realistically, you're going through your own cash, which is not a, a, never a fun feeling by any means, too. So um, I get that point. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative. I have a couple minutes left with the co-founder, vice president, Sovereign Lending Group, Dan Holtz. And Dan, going back to the aforementioned uh, survey of prospective home buyers in America, trying to end on a positive note, some interesting stats from it. 78% feel like a housing crash defined by um, home values dropping from their current levels by more than 5% is coming. So 78% of prospective home buyers feel like home values in America will fall off by more than 5%. 84% of Gen Z respondents felt the same. Three quarters of all respondents in the survey said they've socked the way to cash to snatch up a house if prices drop and have saved on average $29,500 for a home purchase. Gen Z respondents, however, had the smallest balance of cash on hand for a home, about $15,000 on average. Uh, you know, and then one of the, you know, uh, the uh, outcomes and thoughts of the report is, you know, that if housing bubble does burst and home prices come down, that Gen Z younger buyers are still going to really be in a tough spot because you have a lot of slightly older, slightly more well-off home buyers poised 
to jump on home. So it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Um, a lot of young people that want to buy homes and it doesn't feel like there's a path for affordable housing inventory to it, it all even come close to satiating that, 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 that demand. Yeah. And my, and we have this conversation a lot. Again, you know, the media is always looking for headlines, right? Negative negativity is what they usually go for. Right. So you know, they can have a negative, housing markets coming out, prices, they're going to definitely pour and talk a lot to that, which unfortunately, a lot of our homeowners are listening to that and may give them false information, right, too. So again, what I we tell our clients, I tell my clients, I personally believe if you are willing to be able to buy a home right now, you don't own a home, you should probably do it. Yeah, there are the chance that maybe home values may go down, but I think there's a higher likelihood they may go up, right? Uh, and especially if you don't own a home. If you're an investor, you want to gamble a little bit on that part, so be it. But again, if you're a first-time home buyer, you don't own a home. There's nothing like having that home. You're part of the community. You have that tax deduction. Um, you have the ability now to possibly to participate in that appreciation, which most likely home values will be higher in five years from now. Will most likely be higher in ten years from now. So again, if it's a long-term play, I think if you can, you get in now um, because again, values traditionally have gone up. Maybe they they may will they go go down five percent next year, possibly. Is that going to happen? No one knows. But again, I think the tax of benefit and the ability for someone to get in their house now without visit, um, they should they should move if they can do that. Ten years ago, Dan, the median home sale price in America, ten years ago, two hundred twenty-eight thousand. Today, four hundred forty thousand. So, proof in the pudding. Your statement, home ownership, the best way to build and safest way to build wealth. In America, and you know, even if home prices come down a few percent from where they are right now, if you're a current homeowner, that's gravy. You've 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 seen a lot of appreciation. If you're a new prospective home buyer, I still see a lot of demand out there in the marketplace that I think is a good portender for for home values going forward. So. And I agree. And what's the alternative rent, right? And that's just continued to going up. So, you know, at least if you do buy a home, you can lock in that payment and know what it should be for the next 30 years if you decide to go with that product. But rents, it's, it's amazing to see some of these rental rates too. That's mind boggling what how much is being asked for for some rent, rentals at this particular time. So again, just another reason why I'm a firm believer in home ownership. It just there's so many benefits on it for the possibility maybe going down. Again, I don't I don't think it's worth worth that. Like again, being what those things I just said. You guys have been doing it at Sovereign Lending Group since 2005. Dan, really appreciate you joining me. Your USC Trojans this year, uh football prospects. Yeah, what, what's your what's your going into the season? I think we're we're ranked, I, I believe, in the top 15 through the AP. So that's looking good. We we've been had a lot of changes out with our coaches and things like that too. So hopefully it's a new start for us and uh, we show well, so I'll definitely be going to some of the games. It's always fun to get back on campus uh, where to my undergrad studies at. So uh, it'll it'll be a very good time. Good stuff. And to our attendees, thanks as always for taking 30 minutes of your week out with us here with the last week in mortgage today. We're here live on Zoom every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, then we're on YouTube after live where a lot of you watch and uh, where the majority of you digest the show on podcasts. So if you're one of our podcast listeners still listening, Join the live broadcasts Tuesdays at 2. They're fun, pretty interactive, and uh, we have a lot of fun with it. So 
Until next week, have a great rest of the week, everyone. And thanks again, Dan. Have a great one, Roger. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.